2: Hi, I'm Jed Bodwin, and I live in Wichita, Kansas. I am a Patreon supporter for Creative Control... I discovered Creative Control some years ago, I think maybe while looking for interviews with Tommy Stinson of The Replacements, and uh, I stumbled across this this conversation that Veesh had with Tommy Stinson that was really insightful. Veesh held his own. I think Tommy can be a little bit of a difficult interview at times, and it went really well, and it really uh, got into some areas that I wasn't expecting, and I thought, gosh, I have to listen to more of this guy and his podcast. Yeah, sometimes. I'm not necessarily a fan of the music or musicians that uh, Vish will have on the show, but I always appreciate their creative process a little bit more and uh, more times than not though, it does lead me to uh, finding a new musical artist that I'm interested in or to think a little bit differently about maybe some artists whose work I've overlooked. So, you know, go ahead, and if you've been waiting at all to support Vish and Creative Control, now is probably the best time to do it. I know as a public radio employee here in Kansas, listener-supported broadcasting, whether it's podcasts or radio itself, really isn't a thing of the past. It's actually very much a thing of both the present and the future. So yay Vish, yay Creative Control.
0: To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, Please visit patreon.com slash creative control today.
3: Jason Williamson is a compelling songwriter and performer based in Nottingham, England. After coming to music making in his late 30s, Williamson has become a prominent and beloved musical figure over the past decade thanks to his work in the groundbreaking hip-hop and punk-inspired band Sleaford Mods, who have released 11 albums to date. Williamson's constant collaborator is producer Andrew Fern, who became a permanent member of Sleaford Mods in 2012, and their acclaimed 2021 album, Spare Ribs, is also their most successful to date. On April 25th, 2022, Rough Trade Records released a Sleaford Mods EP called Live at Knots Arena, which coincides with the band hitting the road for shows in the United States, Canada, Europe, and the United Kingdom this spring and summer. Jason and I connected recently for a lively conversation about whether or not he likes living in England. Humanity, capitalism, and what the pandemic has taught us. First, hearing the Sex Pistols as a kid and contemporary thoughts about John Lydon, how sobriety focused him as an artist, how much we love Wu-Tang Clan and our favorite MCs, how comedy impacts his own work, future plans for Sleaford Mods, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash Control, with additional support from Blackbird Music, a well-stocked record store with locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta, and friendly staff who will happily help you find the records you want, maybe even special order things. If they don't have the Sleaford Mods records in stock, I bet they could help you. You can learn more about them at blackbird.ca. Plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, the bookshelf and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode six hundred and eighty-four of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and talented Jason Williamson of Sleaford Mods with your host, me, Vishkana.
4: The system won't go.
3: Hello, Jason. Are you there?
5: Hello. Hello. (laughs) It's
3: nice. (laughs) Nice to uh, talk to you. How are you? I'm all right, Vish. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for asking. Uh, Where in the world are you today?
5: Uh, I'm in Los Angeles, downtown Los Angeles.
3: Oh, LA. How's, Uh how are things? How's your, how's your day in LA going?
5: It's good. Yeah. We've been here since um, Tuesday. So we did a first gig last night at Terragram Ballroom. And we got a second one tonight there as well.
3: Oh, lovely! That's great. Have you you played California uh, a bunch before? How how often have you played Los Angeles? Would you say uh, just
5: once before? Well, San Francisco and Los Angeles in way back in two thousand seventeen.
3: Right. Yeah. The, that's a the thing with Sleaford Mods. Not a lot of North American touring. Is that right?
5: Yeah, we've got uh, we've got some work to do in America, to be honest. So. Um, hmm. It's always been kind of overlooked purely because lots of things, really. The manager before our present manager wasn't too too bothered about it. And in turn, we believed that it wasn't something that we needed to concentrate on. Uh, But obviously, that's not the case at all. You know what I mean? There is an audience here for it. We've just got to grow that audience. You know what I mean?
3: Well, I mean, everyone I've ever talked to here I'm in Canada, so I can't yeah. compare Canada to America, but uh-huh. people people love you guys. People just yeah, love it. I like I think they want to see it. You did a show in Toronto a few years ago uh-huh. and it's all I, I I missed it unfortunately. Everyone raved about it. They just loved it. They love you yeah. guys. You're very beloved, is all I'm getting at.
5: Yeah. So yeah. I mean We're getting that impression, you know. So it's just um I mean, I don't know how far we can take it. I know we're not, we're not as accessible as some of the UK imports, but hmm. you know, there's definitely uh, an audience there for us. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. No, absolutely. You, I think you've tapped into something in, in various ways, and I want to get into that uh, yeah. in a moment. But we were talking about LA. Uh, where where do you live? Actually, where do you call home?
5: Uh, Nottingham in in uh, in England, the Midlands. Nice, right? And and are you
3: a proud. Citizen and resident, or are you like no, ah? Not at
5: all. No, you don't. No. You don't like it. I don't. I don't feel any pride in being whatever. Do you know what I mean? I've never. I've never really taken pride in being English. Although you know, I do. I do take some pride in, in some of the subcultures and and what they've imprinted onto my personality. And you know, I I, I don't think that's a bad thing anymore. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. it's it is what it is. You know what I mean? Subcultural
3: pride is a lot different than nationalism isn't it i mean it's quite different Oh, completely
5: oh. Yeah. yeah 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 it's so you're... Uh, more cultural identity i guess more than a, a sort of geographical identity or some some kind of identity built on on the notion of greatness you know what i mean
3: absolutely no i, I feel in your music that you are a very funny and critical thinker about uh-huh. about the world about your surroundings Uh, I thought this before there was a a pandemic that kind of showed us all what we were really made of. Has your opinion about humanity and the world changed in any significant way since we all started going through this thing together?
5: I kind of like lost a lot of faith in people's ability to see through the bullshit, I think. Hmm. I think there's a lot of people that are willing to just take in any old message and – and therefore live their lives by it, and I think, especially through the pandemic, that's that's been that's been something that's uh, become quite apparent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the sense of people believing, you know, vaccination programs are just uh, an excuse for the greater powers to reset society or mm. to control society or whatever. You know, that really did that really did did my head in to be honest. So yeah, yeah I mean. I don't know, you know, but as, as we've opened up again, you know, it's, it's nice to, to talk to people, to see people again and, you know, life's hard, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's, it's tough. And, uh, you know, there's the greater answers that we're all looking for just simply aren't there, you know? So you have to live your life under, uh, this cloud of ever present panic, terror, insecurity. But at the same time, there's, there's, there's lots of love there. Uh, there's lots of things to to get into.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful experience, you know what I mean?
3: Absolutely. I think, if I think on my relationship to music and arts and comedians and all sorts of things, I've come to recognize that I think that they're tapped into things and paying attention to things that some of us aren't. Uh, so they end up being kind of like uh, soothsayers, because uh, someone will, yeah. someone will say something in a song, and then uh-huh. something like this will happen, and then everyone's like, "Oh, they predicted it." And I'm like, "No, I, I've come to realize. I think they were tapped into something that was happening, but just wasn't recognized on a mainstream level." What do you make of that? Yes. Do you think that's
5: true? That's a, that's an interesting observation, actually. Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
3: because I think people are like, "Oh, like this record you put out before the or you made before the pandemic, but then put out." During the pandemic, it sounds like it's about the pandemic, and then the artist says, "I guess, but obviously, I could not have predicted a pandemic. I just thought, (laughs) I thought this alienation and isolation was already present, and no one was talking about it. So,
5: yeah, 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 that's interesting. Yeah, that's 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 quite a good way of uh, of looking at it. Definitely. So, do do you Um, feel
3: like I? So, what I'm getting at when I ask you that question is, you already seem pretty fucking pissed off about stuff. And and Uh the sheep and everyone just doing whatever, you know, you were with satire and your unique ability to to talk about things. I think you were already highlighting stuff that now, again, it feels like it's just heightened because more people are realizing how fucked up everything is.
5: Yeah. I think, I think if you read any critical theory or, you know, anything by any philosopher that talks about the actual, microscopic fabric of society and how how people are governed and live their lives and the rules and regulations and everything else, the story never changes. So it doesn't really matter if you write an album 15 years ago or you write one now that's concerned with subjects like that. It, the message is going to relatively be the same because we are constantly living in a rotation of
3: yeah.
5: repetitive experiences due to the nature of capitalism. Do you know what I mean?
3: Absolutely. Yeah.
5: And uh, due to the nature of the 38 hour week, you know, due to the nature of paying rent of money, of, of of the rhythms of capitalism. So the same things seem to be, just seem to keep popping up. You know, the chief enemy of humankind is obviously fascism. Uh, That's not going away. That's still, still there very much there. Yeah. You know, it's it's the true darkness that, that hangs over the moral roots of humanity, you know what I mean?
3: Absolutely. And, I- uh,
5: and uh, along with all the other horrible, dark uh, attributes of human nature. So, you know, there's never really any ultra new experiences. There might just be uh, new uh, behaviorisms hmm. within capitalism, within how capitalism governs people, you know what I mean? that could be uh, that's obviously uh, something that um that does change but apart from that I, I can't you know it's it's just repetitive isn't it
3: it is i think within that repetitive cycle there's always some emergence of a subcultural critique whether it's through punk or hip hop or literature like yeah. people yeah. people would like to th- there's always someone pointing this out and then there's a yeah. small pockets of resistance that emerge. One of the things I was in I was appreciative about in terms of the pandemic, which has been horrible. I've lost people to it. It's incredibly sad. But it did yeah. feel and still sort of feels like we could change things and like I see I'm hearing more and more chatter about capitalism. Crumbling a little bit, and I was like, kind of happy about all of those things. Uh Do you have Uh any actual faith real change will come from all of this? Well, I think,
5: yeah. I mean, capitalism's uh, capitalism's been crumbling for quite a while, you know. Yeah. Since since maybe the mid seventies, but it still see it still seems to hold on to key areas, and those key areas are the West, basically, which seems to keep the wheels of cultural. Uh, domination going. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, when you look at it, when you look at, say, uh, you know, a young boy from a, a a remote African tribe wearing a, a Manchester United football shirt, then you, you know that its dominance is, is far and wide, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So, I think it's still there, but there are, but societies are crumbling. People are fighting back. And that's, that's been consistent, for for quite a long time, but um but we are still clamped down by the iron hand or whatever you know the the, the the paperweight of control. Do you know what I mean?
3: Absolutely, yeah. I actually just just yesterday, as we're speaking, I got back from a trip back to Ontario, where my family's from, where I'm from, uh-huh. and uh, I was nervous about it because of the thing, obviously, like I I the masking and all that stuff, and I. I knock on wood or whatever the expression is i'm not i think i made it back and forth and circulated with some people and i somehow Mm. avoided getting the thing but Uh but it did make me i I don't really get homesick unless i'm home so i'm home and then i'm like ah i gotta go back now is there any place in the world jason from what you've heard the way they're behaving because you said earlier, like, I'm not particularly proud of being <laughs> living in Nottingham. Yeah. Is there anywhere that you think has actually got a handle on how we could function properly? Is there any place where you're like, I could live there and probably be reasonably happy with the way things are being done?
5: Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I wouldn't like to say yes, but I think there is. Mm. Uh, there are places that are governed uh, in a way that's perhaps more agreeable with people but I don't know. I couldn't really, I couldn't really say for, for, for for definite. Yeah.
3: I mean, your home is your home. Like that's a part of you. So
5: yeah, I think if you can, if you can learn to sink or swim, you can govern your own life and be relatively separated from, from the true tragedies of it. But that really only means that you are perhaps financially stable uh because if you haven't got money then life's hell yes
3: do you know what i mean yeah
5: i I, Uh, yeah it's, it's it's a slow burning candle of misery so i don't know it's a tough one i mean i've you know i've got some money now so it's like my life is different i'm traveling all over the world i have become more educated more uh responsible more enlightened and i'm happier so yeah and I am completely a victim of consumerism. I'm a capitalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, it's really it's, it's it's really hard to, or you just feel like you're 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 imposing on perhaps a truth that just isn't in your life anymore. You know what I mean?
3: I do know what you mean. I think there are some people who view your work in this band as being. It's well, certainly not dogmatic. I don't mean to say it that way, but they think you're coming to it from a particular point of view and that that's coloring every song, not just whatever you're talking about. Um, do you feel that? Like, do you feel like this, the sleeper Mods has a particular vision or I, I hesitate to use the word mission, but you feel it does seem like there's consistency in what you want to address and, and potentially not change things, but at least maybe alter people's perspective on things. Does any of that resonate with you?
5: Yeah, I don't know if I want to do it for the people. It's more myself, and hmm. and also more disdain at myself as well. Like, uh, it's, it's, what is it? What am I now? You know, hmm. I'm not the person I was ten years ago. Writing about being a job seeker, you know what I mean? I'm I'm different now. So, what is it? What am I? Hmm. And yet, I'm still existing under the moniker of of Mods. So. What is that now? What is sleep for mods now? What am I doing now? You know, mm. and I certainly don't think that wanting to change people's minds is something that has ever motivated me. It certainly doesn't motivate me now. Or I don't, you know, I just want to tell, I just tell people I don't, I don't really care what they think. Do you know what I mean?
3: No, and I, pre- um, I appreciate that, but you're reflecting your. Experience in your worldview. I'm not saying that's going to change someone's mind, but whenever whenever you hear someone do any kind of anthropological expression, if you will, Uh, you know, here's what it's like where I am. It does change. Like, oh, well, that's what it's like there. I didn't know that. That's a little person. That's one person's worldview of their location Uh, and their mindset. Wait, how does this impact my community? How does this impact the way I live? Like, that's kind of how I think of things. Like, oh, if, yeah, if, sure. if Jason's talking about this there, is there something like that here? Oh yeah, there is. What do I do with that information?
5: <laughs> uh, that's that's right. Okay, I see your point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's great if people are getting that. That's I think I think and also I don't want to come across as someone that doesn't care what people think. Mm. Cuz of course I care what people think. Yeah. And when people turn up to see me and Andrew play and tell us about our music, it's it's just it's mind-blowing, you know. It really is. It's like really, you want that. It's really nice to be recognized regardless of the ability of being able to do it. Recognition is, is also just as important mm-hmm. that, but because, you know, it's like my ego demands it and I'm battling with my ego a lot of the time, but if it doesn't get an injection of recognition and it just, can, it just sends me into fits of absolute rage. You know? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so, <laughs> So so don't get me wrong, you know, these things are really, really, really good. Uh, you know, when you get confirmation like that, I think that's great, yeah. Has
3: anyone in your, I'm sure it happens actually frequently, so let me backtrack on the question. When people talk to you about your music, fans, mm-hmm. maybe people like me, are you ever taken aback yeah. by what they're saying to the point where you, it alters your perception of what your original intent might have been?
5: Yeah, it is because uh, well, I don't know about altering the perception of it because I'm a real down on myself a lot of the time, and mm-hmm. I haven't really got a great opinion about myself a lot of the time. Even though my ego is massive and I believe I'm brilliant, I don't think <laughs> I don't. There's also a parallel to that where I'm completely down on myself. Mm. So it doesn't. Sometimes I won't let it in, and I won't. I won't let these good things. I won't let them in, and I won't let myself relax within them do you know what i mean absolutely yeah yeah uh, but you know when someone comes up to you and gives you a heartfelt explanation that's undeniable and you you just take that in and uh, there is no that's a real pure moment you know what i mean
3: absolutely yeah no i do know what you mean you came to music somewhat i mean in terms of public prominence sort of late in the game is that fair to say yeah yeah yeah, definitely, yeah. So you were, before that, what, what were you kind of doing before you kind of started to express yourself musically?
5: I was just a wank. I was just terrible. I was just um, drug-taking, hmm. uh, alcohol-drinking, idiot. I was I was learning my way in music, and I knew that in order to do that, I had to completely dedicate myself to it in the sense of not getting a career job, not having a family too early,
4: hmm.
5: having to just, stick to the bare minimum to, to learn, to learn about music. But that got overtaken by, uh, drug, drug, drug consumption and alcohol. And, uh, I turned into not a very nice person for a very long time. So I was, I was like floating around until I was 40, 44. Mm-hmm. And then that's when for Mods took off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd, I'd largely given up hope of getting anywhere, but I kept doing it still because, I loved. I loved creating. It was the only. I'd learned how to do such a lot in that space. By the time I got to my forties, I knew what I wanted, uh, and I knew what I didn't want. I wasn't prepared to take anything less, and um, you know, it it weirdly, bizarrely paid off.
3: It certainly has. Who would have thought? Yeah, who would have thought? (laughs) Well, no, you're amazing at what you're doing. So it has paid off. I'm. I'm happy to hear about that. The Drugs and alcohol thing—that's almost a rock and roll cliche. Are, you at, pe- are yeah. you at peace with those things? Are you still? Do you have control over that stuff?
5: Yeah, I'm not. I've, I'm so I've been sober for six years. Oh. So, um, I mean, I think I used them as uh, I used them because they were there. They were part of society. They were part of they were part of culture of uh, uh, you know of leisure time recreation that was just what you did. You went to the pub and you drank and you got stoned and you took drugs. Yeah. Did it ever turn into a cliche? Oh, I certainly turned into a cliche in the sense of uh, a weak, irresponsible, uh, lying, uh, manipulative, untrustworthy person. Uh, In that sense, it was cliche, Mm. but um, I always hated the rock and roll cliche of sex, drugs and rock and roll because People were just using them as as tools in order to try and enamor their image, rather than actually being disabled by them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
3: absolutely. Well, it's it seems to be a marker of success for some. Well, you know, I learned my instrument, I learned my craft. Now I can do that stuff, and it's just the way the history of music has sort of been written, which I guess leads me to your youth. Uh, a lot of us, when we find music as children, for, if we're lucky, it really resonates with us. Do you have any memories of when you first encountered music as your youngest yeah, yeah. self?
5: Yeah, yeah, I do I was uh, in, introduced to Sex Pistols at the age of ten, and uh, it was a, it was quite a quite a moment, you know. And hmm. I was obviously introduced to lots of pop music through my dad's collection. He was quite a contemporary record collector. Stuff that I didn't really like, but I was still introduced to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, music's always made a massive impression on me. You know what I mean? But it wasn't until I was introduced to the Pistols and stuff like that, and the Jam that things uh, things really took off. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. So you're ten years old. You're encountering the Pistols, uh-huh. Paul Weller, and the Jam. So yeah. earlier we were talking about how you know you don't have a lot of necessarily like a lot of like uh, what do we like nationalism or like pride about being from england was there but the sex pistols uh subversively and satirically were uh just infamously british but anti england on so many levels yeah that's an interesting knot of things to encounter i i'm guessing as a 10 year old like you have the pride oh these guys are from here oh they don't like it here huh something's up there like some must be up with that. There must be that you can think those two things concurrently and express yourself. Did that element of the Sex Pistols resonate with you?
5: Yeah, I think it was so intelligent. He was so before his time with those lyrics, yeah. um, you just really didn't know where you were with John Lydon's lyrics. It was just incredible. Yeah. And even when even uh, you know, when he moved on to Public Image Limited, it was you know I mean, now some of them talking about religion and everything else. Everyone knows that it's a pile of shit and blah blah blah. But yeah, you know, at the time it was, it really was quite something. And um, I can't, I can never criticize him. I don't care if he's a Trump supporter. You know, it's it's complicated, uh, think, isn't it? I have a tab open. I'll tell you,
3: I'll tell you right now, Jason. I have a tab open in my Chrome, my internet. Yeah. It's just uh-huh. like the interview contact for John Lydon. I never close oh, it. Really? Well, I always want to send it. And then I think, oh, people will be – will I even be okay with it? Because he has turned into yeah. something different. As we're speaking, he's fighting yeah. with the other pistols. I don't know yeah. if you saw that cl- those clips of him at the press conference for the punk documentary. Did you see those?
5: No, he wasn't happy about it, though, was it. Well,
3: he was just disruptive. Like It was like yeah. people from the film are there, and he got in a big fight with uh oh, did he? <laughs> yeah he got in fights with people like it was very very strange and cutting people off and he just seemed like he was in a very bad place but i listened to Nevermind the bullocks i listened to it somewhat frequently and yeah. it's really powerful when it starts it's
5: yeah yeah bonkers yeah it's, so it's it's <laughs> it's, t- it's too much it's um yeah, I mean, there's loads of ingredients that have gone into it, obviously. But uh, so you hear that at ten, it's, it's, yeah, that has got to be. I mean, it, it, was, it was scary. It was horrible. It was like a horror film. The Sex Pistols were like a horror film. It was. They
3: terrorized your country. They t- literally terrorized. They, ter- you. they terrorized. Yeah. yeah, they did. Yeah. You know,
5: people. You know, England is such a, a country of bootlickers, and it still is. You yeah. know, absolutely. People still vehemently believe in aristocracy and and order and masters and, uh, you know, being second to somebody else. Mm. So, yeah, it was um, – I mean, I've, I've heard some horrible things about John Lydon. Yes. And uh, to the point where it's like, that's not right. But, <sighs> I've, I've, you know, I'm a big fan, you know what <laughs> I mean? And complicated. I think yeah. it's a bit like your dad, you know what I mean? Like, my dad, political views are not very good. Yeah. Uh, they are not very good at all, and um, he's not very good. He refuses to uh, address misogyny. He refuses to address racism. You know, I would imagine that talking to John Lydon would just be like talking to my dad. Do you know what mm. I mean? So, um, uh, as much as I love my dad, you know, but um, but I think I think for some yeah. of
3: us, someone like Lydon, it feels like a one hundred and eighty betrayal. Because if you think of what the Sex Pistols and Public Image Limited stood and stand for, it doesn't seem to connect. Am I missing something? Like, it doesn't seem to connect with his current expression and worldview.
5: Well, I think there was a lot of things that perhaps weren't discussed with Nevermind the Bullets and the ideology behind it. If there ever was an ideology, there was, but it was loosely scattered. People just took it that he was anti, an anti-royal, anti-religion. And, you know, at that time of writing, he probably was. But then he mellowed. He got yeah. older. And um, society's values uh, began to sink in a little bit more. And um, I don't know. It, it, did he take his eye off the ball? Don't know. Probably. He probably got sick of being so right on. Probably got sick of the truth. Or, or you know, I can... You can remember him saying, oh, I don't mind the royal family. You know, they're just fucking, she's all right. Yes, that's right. But People just see people as human beings eventually, don't they, I guess.
3: I think the thing is he seems conveniently contrary. I don't mean to make this whole conversation about John Lydon, but as you talk about him, as, as you talk about him, though, I can now, I hadn't really thought of his impact on you and your delivery, and I can hear it a little bit more as we're speaking. Uh, So all I'll say is he went from being very contrary as a young person to I'm going to be contrary by doing an ad for butter or margarine. I'm going to be contrary by being on The Mass Singer. I'm just going to be contrary. If anyone has, I'm going to be contrary by wearing a Trump supporting shirt because everyone, I'm just going to do whatever the opposite Uh uh, of what people expect me to do is and piss them off. And it, yeah. that's that's the constant like, okay, so this is where I wrestle with it because I think in the early days, arguably the first 20 years of his career, we were, I would say I was aligned with what he was being contrary about and, uh-huh. and then yeah. it shifted. So there's disappointment and frustration. So all I'm getting at is yeah. I don't know if you see those things. I don't know if you view yourself in any similar, not in the negative things I just described, but uh-huh. if he was an early you know, lodestar for you. Do you see yourself emulating him in any way?
5: Uh, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, completely. Um, just in his mannerisms, his movements, his, his, uh, his aesthetic, uh, and, you know, his, his absolute brazen Englishness, even though, <laughs> you know, he was very much, a, a, an Irish person as well, you know? So yeah, all of those things. And, um, I think also he knows that the work he's contributed, what he's contributed to music largely, hasn't been surpassed still. yeah, And so yeah. he feels like he can do what he fucking wants. And I think to a certain degree, <laughs> I can't really blame him for that. Yeah. I don't like his politics now, no, but I don't know. He, he's just, a, he's, he's like anybody of his age, very complicated. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm not making any excuses for him here. But, um, no,
3: but you said, uh, in later years, he said the queen was all right. And in, and I've seen subsequent interviews where he tried to explain the Trump stuff and it came across more reasonable. The problem is he tend, he and our, and it's the soundbite culture as well. He makes a big noise. That's all everyone thinks about. And then when he even, we don't hear the 180 because he does it a little more quietly and it's not as controversial. Sure. Um, so anyway, I think he's a really master manipulator of media and people and uh-huh. moods uh-huh. and so i was watching you on office hours live i've seen you on other live clips yeah and you have a certain demeanor and a fun there's fun in what you're doing the noises uh-huh. the repetition like you clearly are having fun yeah with what you're doing
5: right yeah yeah <laughs> oh god yeah you have to you have to you can't take i can't i'm 51 years old right yeah. i've got yeah you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I've been, I've been around for that long. It would be insane to take myself. <laughs> I mean, I do, I do take myself serious. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't like being belittled. I don't believe that we're at the music we're doing belongs to any of the other music that's happening. I believe that we're better than most people. You know, I do take myself seriously in that sense, but you know, at the same time, it's like, You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, look at me. You know, I'm not, if I look like Brad Pitt, I might be, I might take myself a bit more instant. But I'm just a regular middle-aged white English bloke. You know, I can't take myself seriously. It would be absolutely catastrophic. So that's why. And and also the minute you do, you're fucked, aren't you? You know?
3: Yeah, yeah. So you're 10 years old and you discover some of that pop music and punk Uh music that we're talking about. 34 years later, we hear about you more, uh, it sounds like. But what's happened, and you've talked about some of the struggles you had. In terms of music and other music you were exposed to in that time, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about the formative stuff beyond the Sex Pistols and the Jam. And also, when within that discovery, did you think, I can do something with this. I can express myself as, Maybe an MC, if not a singer, you know, like it's an interesting mode that you like you, I agree with you. No one is like sleaford mods. No one. So, and I've been going, I've been, I've counted the other day and I've been to three billion concerts and I have listened to eight million records. So I can say with some authority, this is unique. Where does it come from, from your perspective? Can you talk about that trajectory? What else was grabbing your ear and eye and thinking and got you to the point where you're like, I can, maybe do this
5: i just strictly the wu-tang clam really wow and and uh and then um you know stuff like cool g rap uh who else uh the first nas album ilmatic is it and yeah yeah, um, of course yeah uh and what else uh you know various punk stuff you know sort of second wave punk stuff like the exploited and anti Pasty. Uh, little bits of discharge, etc. I was obsessed with the raps of Ghostface Killer, of Raekwon, of Inspector Deck, primarily uh, RZA. No, well, Jizza, not RZA. So RZA, obviously, as uh, a producer, but I a rapper, like I like RZA's raps a lot. And <laughs> yeah, he, he does it. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's good. He can rap, but it's like. They always feel a little bit more force than the others. Do you know yes. what I mean?
3: Yes. I, uh, okay, so I'm... But, you know, I'm not going yeah. <laughs>
5: to... I mean, <it's>... <laughs> <laughs> if you're sat in, I would never say that to him, obviously, but they always feel a little bit like his bit trying too hard. Do you know what I mean?
3: Interesting. I, I love his voice. I love... He's one of these people where whatever he says, even if it's kind of sh- bullshit... It just kind of sounds good. And I think everyone yeah. everyone in Wu Tang. Like, I will tell you that when I first discovered Wu Tang in the mid 90s, I had a little bit of disdain for just the way Ghost and Ray carried themselves. There's something about it that I didn't like. I tended to. Jizza's uh, my. I've talked to Jizza a few times. He's an absolute nice. hero. Oh, I've talked to a good chunk of the Wu Tang clan now, and I love oh, them. Oh, nice. I, I love them. And I, I. We'll always love them. They're just very meaningful to me, and I've seen them, and I've seen them on so- solo shows. Like I, I just love yeah. them. Anyway, my point is, there's is something about the the density. I couldn't Ghost and Ray in particular. Like there, I can't think of anyone else like them. Like they just sound so unique, and the the storytelling, and just the rapping is just so the rhyming is just so different than everyone else. Yeah. And but uh, over the years, uh. I just grew to appreciate that they might actually be, I would, no disrespect to Jizza in particular, but those two might be the best MCs. Um, and that, that sorry, I'm just telling you about my evolution with Wu-Tang.
5: Okay. I don't know. Okay.
3: So you, I think you were on the same page. Were you saying the same about Ghost and Ray?
5: I think like, y- yeah, uh, yes, but also Inspector Deck. Yeah. You know, without a doubt. I think also, you know. Um, you God as well.
3: Are we leaving? U- what about you God? God's great? I like you God. I, I, I yeah, the thing is, yeah. I like all um, I
5: my, as well. I mean, let's face it, Capadonna's really good. Yeah.
3: I will, uh, dispute that. I don't love Capadonna. Master Killer as well. <laughs> Master Killer's <is> great. <laughs>
5: yeah,
4: I mean, you know, you can't,
5: but you know, those two, uh, essentially an old dirty bastard as his moments.
3: I, um, I hear some ODB in you. More than yeah, some other, yeah. people. like just the wildness. I think
5: you know the first, um, the first couple of tunes off the Wu Tang debut. Yeah, you know Jack Cousteau would never get this low. <laughs> just the absolute insanity. <laughs> I just thought, this, this is shit. <laughs> what is this fucking wank? What's he going on about? Happening <laughs> is happening. It's like that shit. Mate. You get laughed off stage in 1987. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like. You know what I mean? Because everyone was so slick, but this is why I liked them so much because they were untidy. They were they they weren't rapping a lot of the time. They were just shouting. Well, meth uh, meth is
3: also like meth had that. Meth was kind of like the breakout star for a while, and still now he's acting and all this yeah, stuff. But meth yeah, meth had yeah. this beautiful gritty voice and everything he said. The thing with Ghost and Ray is like I can't copy them as much. I can't rap along with them as much because it's so much going on. And as a fan, I like rapping along with the people. I like to learn sure, people's raps. Sure. And I can tell you, I know some of them, but someone like meth or even jizz, like I can, I can do it on, you know, no one wants to hear it, but I can do it and I can yeah. have fun in my car. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, ghost and yeah, Ray, yeah, I'm yeah. like, what, what are yeah. they
5: doing? Like it's so dense and it's fucking really dense. Yeah. And like the way they come in, you know, yeah. Uh, and it's his high pitched voice, especially obviously Ghostface.
3: Yeah,
5: his voice is so high pitched, or was, you know. Yeah, um, uh, you know, and it would just come in. I mean, sometimes it was a little bit on Raycon, On only built for Cuban Links, I thought some of his raps were a bit dodgy.
3: Well, um, I mean,
5: the, the way he would end some verses were a bit suspect. But yeah, you know, generally speaking. Uh, I thought, uh I, and going on to Cuban Links, I think probably that's my most favourite album, and that has influenced me more than Thirty Six Chambers. You know what I mean? I'm a yeah, I'm a Liquid Swords person. Um, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, no, I don't get that is good, but I never. But you're right about um, Giza. It can it can be a bit bit too much sometimes, can't it? Yeah,
3: I think the other thing we're encountering. I don't know if you buy into this. But sometimes when you revisit these things, you're like, Oh, this would not fly now. Uh, some of these raps just wouldn't work. Uh, in, in sort of a more conscious era, they are in me. I, I can't shake it when they come on. I'm rapping along. Do you yeah. have any second guessing about what was going on at the time compared to how we all tend to think about things now or not? You know what I mean? Like just the way it's we were a tough
5: one. I think someone yeah. said to me once, you've just got to let rappers get on with it. Yes yeah and you you've they rappers say what they say yeah and and um that person was i still think right to a certain degree but even today i'm listening to rome streets and uh the he did an album with someone else who forgot the guy's name it's, it's it came out this year mm-hmm. it's you know this guy's talking about covering his daughter's ears when Cardi B's talking about a vagina, you know. Yeah, yeah Why? Yeah. yeah. You know, why? Yeah. Yeah. why? Why Why? are you denying your daughter her own femininity, you know? Well, I, uh,
3: we, our kids, you know, I will tell you, the Sleaford Mods records, in anticipation of us chatting, have been playing open air in the house. And I have a 10 year old and a seven year old, and we just, yeah. we talk. You have questions about what you're hearing? Let's talk about it. And if they, yes, if, if yeah, they, if yeah. they, they heard we were in the car the other day, and I was playing a folk record, basically. And the guy said something like, uh "Bobby, you fuck like an animal." And I didn't even know this was coming up. I it was a new record; it's not even out yet. Sure, I was sure. just playing it to warm up for an interview, and they caught it and they talked about it, and we talked about it. And the rule is, like, yeah. you know, you're not supposed to say those words. Yeah, but yeah. do you know what they mean, or do you want to know what they mean? Let's talk about yeah, it. Sorry, sure, I'm not trying to come across sure. as a super amazing parent. I'm just telling you that. Language, words to me are very important, yes. but the actual intent behind them is more important. Like, what are you saying? There are aspects of Wu-Tang, particularly like if you listen to, rizza goes on an extended run on Wu-Tang Forever. And I'm not going to get into it. I can kind of do it, but it's pretty gross. Yeah. Uh, do you know that? Okay. I'll just say it's like y'all be love dances and pulling down your pants while your man's on tour, you're spending up his advances, yeah, your friends sure, ain't shit. Sure,
4: yeah. You know that yeah, one? Yeah. And then it
3: keeps going and you're like, Oh if I were a woman yeah. If I were someone who could not this is not a welcome spot for me. No, no. And I've seen Ray say shit live.
5: Yeah, about women oh, okay. that
3: really made it hard
5: for me to like him. To yeah. yeah,
3: he did something solo once in in Ontario, and I'm like, oh fuck, like I just didn't know the level of. But when someone says give hip hop a pass, I think there's some truth to that because you, the material circumstances of many of these folks are sh- absolute horror shows.
5: Yeah, yeah, and this, th- this is it. You know, it's like you can't. Yeah, you know, I'm not black. Uh, I'm, I'm a white guy and life's easier for me. It's as simple as that. Do you know what I mean? Well, some
3: of us have the luxury to worry about the things we say more than others. Yeah, um, true. Yeah.
4: Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Like I,
3: I have always been a, since I was a little kid, hip hop appealed to me because as I got into Tribe Called Quest and Public Enemy, I realized that this was super positive, aspirational music. Like, look what we have overcome. And so you, we do tend to give a lot of the expression from the '80s and '90s in particular a pass, and then Eminem comes along, and fucking goes like way too hard on oh,
5: that's these Oh, That was just too much. I don't, yeah.
3: So I, anyway, I, I really, that,
5: Yeah. <laughs> I was I was never a fan, to be honest. I mean, I could yeah. I could I could appreciate some of his raps, but um, yeah, yeah it, it it didn't take me no.
3: No, his skills were that. Anyway, so then I'm thinking of you and to me like i hear sex pistols gang of four uh-huh. i hear wu-tang i hear so i hear that sort of like i don't know if you're a fan of any of those bands well we talked about the pistols yeah. but i'm hearing like that post-punk yeah. hardcore hip-hop thing come through and what you're talking about uh-huh. and h- humor was comedy is comedy a big thing for you
5: yeah yeah when it comes it's got to be right but yeah because it's yeah it breaks it up completely and it seals the deal with the song you know yeah. Um, it, it then tells the, the listener that you can't fault with this now because I've made it completely <laughs> real. <laughs> and you, even if you don't like it, you can't say it's shit because comedy yeah. is just, comedy is a deal breaker. It's like, if you can get the comedy right as well, and what I mean by that is a light hearted expression of the oppression of life, then um, if you can get that right, fucking, you're laughing, you know, it's a passport. So, um, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, that it, comedy's got to be in there. But it, but also, at the same time, if it's just angry, if you're just feeling pissed off, if you're insecure, jealous, bitter, um, envious, paranoid, a lot of the time that will just carry a song as well, you know.
3: Absolutely. Are there comedians or comedic voices like, you know, I think – uh, when I think about The Prodigy or something, like that was funny. Like when they first, there was stuff that was just, there's stuff that comes across hard, but it's so hard. It's almost, it's, it's, it's humorous. On, like you can tell they're having fun yeah. with being as hard as possible. But do you have any particular comedic influences?
5: No, not really. Just, look, just life. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're uh, just, I mean, you're just funny. <laughs> well, I mean, Andrew's really into comedians and he's so, um, I mean, yesterday when we did the podcast with Tim, um, Tim Heidecker, yeah, uh, Andrew's a massive fan, and um,
3: well, I am uh, too. Tim's Tim's been on the show. Oh, okay, uh, three four times. Yeah,
5: yeah. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, Andrew was in his element. You know, he really does appreciate American comedy more than UK almost. You know, but um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm uh, I know uh, Stuart Lee, the UK comedian, quite oh. well. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, and we regularly email and talk. Uh, he and he's always kept in touch. He's always interested uh, and uh, I'm a real, I've only just started to listen to his stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, um, As I said, I explained to him when I first met him or rather about a year ago after knowing him for a few years that I didn't feel it was right just to listen, check out his stuff because I've met him. Do you know what (laughs) I mean? (laughs) I thought he was a bit of an insult. And uh, that I should discover his stuff naturally, and he didn't reply to the email. So I don't
4: know how he took that? <laughs>
5: there, that's <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> um, but he's yeah, he's fucking oh, he's brilliant, absolutely. Oh, it's so good, you know. So yeah, um, and and also I know him personally a bit. So it's um, yeah, that has that influenced my work? No, I don't think it has, but it certainly it certainly contributes to the kind of. Bar you set yourself when you apply yourself to your own work? Do you know what I mean?
3: Absolutely, no. I can I can see you taking the piss. I can see you being really serious, and it yeah. it all comes across in a very clever and entertaining way if i might say i don't mean to overflatter you but i'm just
5: no no well, thank you that's very kind of it's, you.
3: it's appreciated what you're doing now i'm just mindful of the time and your schedule so yes. I i know you have to go um very uh-huh. very quickly uh mm-hmm. can you i know you're on tour can you talk a little bit about any sleaford mods plans coming up in the near future and then within that also where people can go to learn more about the band
5: um, just, uh, we, we're, we demoing a new album at the minute. So, uh, that's really weird because obviously Spear Ribs has been our most commercially, uh, successful album. Mm-hmm. So we're, where do we're, I, am you know, I know where to go after that, but whether or not it's going to be as good as that, as you know, it worries me, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, personally when we did Spear Ribs, I, I just thought it was another album and then everybody starts raving about it. So that worries me. So for fuck's sake, you know. So um, self <laughs> pressure—you're so so, uh, yeah. just
3: putting pressure on yourself. It sounds like
5: a little bit, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm 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 enjoying the demo process. So a new album next year by nice. March, I think. Fingers crossed, and um, we're coming back to America next year. We're coming back at the end of this year to America to a festival. Just more gigging, more trying to build the audience, and yeah, it just—it feels like it's had a new lease of life uh, since Spear Ribs. Uh, both myself and Andrew and are sober, uh, and it's and it's really helped turn the band into something else. Nice. And, um I think that is we're on the second, third stage of that. I think you know, I don't know. We, who, who knows? You know what I mean? We'll see, but, but um,
3: it sounds promising, and I, I'm I'm happy for yes. you. You sound
5: happy. Thank you for, for yeah. I'm, I'm I'm really happy. You know I'm I'm like I'm I'm really kind of centralized and. I'm a, you know, I'm sort of, I kind of like myself a lot more, you know what I mean? So it's <laughs> things are all right.
3: Good, good. Now, so where can people go to learn more uh, about Sleaford Mods, uh, your comings and goings on the computer and the telephone?
5: Uh, just Instagram, Twitter, yeah. uh, Facebook, obviously, all of the usual places. Okay. Instagram and Twitter are where the main sort of social media thing is really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but apart from that, just gigs if if we're playing in a town near you or in your town or whatever, then try and come along. You know what I mean?
3: I think it's sleafordmods.com for maybe that info. I might be making My that apologies.
5: Up. Yes, there you go. Very yeah. professional of you there, I'm man. trying so to I'll be... You... Yes, <laughs> yeah, check, check out sleafordmods.com as well, obviously, the main website. <laughs> I know it's kind of
3: weird housekeeping, but I like asking people just to see what they say because you immediately went to Instagram and social media. I just yes, find it, yeah. but some people do both. And anyway, sorry, I it's just a curiosity among, like what are people using and thinking other people are using? But I know when I looked for your your tour dates, i definitely went to your website so i just wanted to point that out um thank you oh you're welcome of course jason now if we can go out you just put out an ep i know that uh usually at this this point in the show i ask my guests if they can choose a song uh from a recent release that we can go out on and i ask them why they chose it is there something by Sleaford mods that you can think of that we can go out on right now to play for people and if so can you tell me what it is and why you chose it
5: uh, if you could go out with uh, Nudget featuring Amy Taylor, uh, the live from the live EP that we've just released. Um, I really like it. I like both that and the Morkin Mindy song by yeah. Billy No They're my favourites. But um, being as we're about to uh, perform that on the seth Meyers show oh uh, in a in a couple of weeks that so, uh, yeah put that one out definitely. oh congratulations
3: you're doing late night Thank tv you. that's great that's uh-huh. great yes okay and for those uh just about to listen amy really seems to be enjoying herself is that fair to say yes yeah, she's
5: oh completely yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> she knows what she's doing do you know what i mean
3: absolutely all right this is nudge it by sleeper mods uh jason this was really a pleasure for me i hope you enjoyed yourself and i hope we talk again and best of luck in the future
5: Thank you very much. Thank you for uh, inviting me on. And, um, yeah, we'll, I'll speak to you soon, hopefully. Everybody, please give a, a round of applause here for Amy Taylor.
0: Hello. You naughty. I might get a better mic spin, hang on. How are ya? Are you getting rowdy or nah? How good's the meat market right here? That's for when they get into a bit of a slaughterhouse later so they don't have to clear out the steak. This sounds called Nudget. Gimme, gimme!
4: Into this mindless abandon this ropey idea about yeah. love, love and connection, connection. just knock on silly ideas cause it's all you can call you fucking class tourists who mix your social groups so up it's like you all stick together a stronger addition than non-creative on impact you got no invention just knock on silly ideas cause it's all you can call this kitchen's looking sketch You makes your chopping boards off? No chair Get just a mind that's praying and prying on walls And the after effect Is making my skin crawl. You're just a man that's saying I'm playing subtle And the after effects Are making basketball I've been all to Into a pool of inaction It's all commercial game To paint the sense of destruction It's all a tired meeting In the M.O.R. board Ticking boxes with the subject For political score The kudos makes it Float on top where it stays at the sequence. of to his face and just stuck on silly ideas, cause it's all you can do. Your car ain't got no brakes, it's just a thing of you! Okay! Da-da-da-da. Okay! Mudgy! <laughs> yeah, you're just a plunge mind plunge that's spreading and praying on balls. After effects I'm making my skin crawl. You're just a mind that's singing and playing sadole, and the after effects I'm making my skin crawl. Trying to act like a gangster. Still outside and I'm right. Trying to act like a gangster. Still outside and I'm right. Trying to act like a gangster. Still outside and I'm right. You're just a mind. That's, that's praying and praying, I'm wall. After effects, I'm making my skin crawl You're just a mind that's playing and saying so And the after effects, I'm making my skin crawl You're just a mind that's praying and praying on walls And the after effects, I'm making my skin crawl You're just a mind that's saying and playing so And the after effects, I'm making my skin crawl me Taylor, everybody. Thank you very much. Give her a big shot. Thank you.
0: Hold up. What was that?
1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
3: Ah, thanks again to Jason Williamson of Sleaford Mods for appearing on this, the six hundred and eighty-fourth episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever you get your podcast. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for, you heard about it and you don't know it's not on your preferred playback app or whatever uh, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter everything you would need in in this regard can be found at my website vishkana.com if you can not like uh, creative control on facebook if you like you can follow the show on twitter at vish creative or you can follow me directly on instagram and on twitter at vishkana i tend to post a lot about the show in those places, so check those things out if you like. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation that keeps this podcast going and is it's really its primary and really only source of revenue for all the uh, work that uh, I put into the show. So if you like the show and you want to support it that uh, financially, that's the best way to do it. Uh, $6 American or more a month grants you access to exclusive uh, audio content, some video content, if I ever get around to digging that up, sorry. Uh, and if you're interested in receiving a Creative Control t-shirt, just message me on Patreon and I'll get you one while limited supplies last. Thanks again to the fine Alberta record retailer Blackbird Music, which you can learn more about and play special orders at at uh, blackbird.ca. I know you're listening from around the world, so when I mention some of these local businesses... Uh, I hope that you will think of your own versions of these things where you live and go to your local record store or how about these folks that I'm about to thank I want to thank Pizza Trocadero The Bookshelf and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario and Grandad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario for their in-kind support for this show again, you got local businesses I hope that uh, when I mention such things or local organizations that help people you will think about your own town and community and, uh, and support them as well Anyway, enough about that. Oh, I want to thank Jim Guthrie for letting me use some music of his on the show. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you so much for listening to this episode about Sleaford Mods and for potentially subscribing to this podcast or following it and asking your friends if, if they've heard of it and maybe they'll do the same thing and then you can spread the word about it and talk about the show. That all helps. And uh, check out Sleaford Mods and their new EP, And that's all I got for now. I will talk to you very soon. Bye for now.